This is a GRDC podcast. Just because harvest is wrapping up doesn't mean Russian wheat aphid is no longer an issue for cereal growers for another few months or so. Like other crop pests and diseases, Russian wheat aphid is thought to oversummer in the green bridge alongside paddocks and roadways. So GRDC is investing in a new study which includes assessing the impact green bridge plays in the life cycle of this crop pest. Hello, I'm Tony Crowley. This Russian wheat aphid research, which is led by the South Australian Research and Development Institute, builds on previous GRDC research investments conducted by SARDI and Melbourne Research Centre, CESA. And I caught up with CESA's Dr Elia Pertle, searching through Green Bridge near Pyramid Hill in northern Victoria. Caesar is taking over the Green Bridge part of the project, um, while Sardi is looking more at economic thresholds. What we're doing at Caesar is we're trying to figure out the conditions where Russian wheat aphid are able to persist over the summer, what conditions form that Green Bridge that increases your risk of aphid infestations the following season when crops start emerging. And just in summary, how will Sardi's work uh, coordinate with that or, or uh, weave into that? So they'll all tie in together um, because what Sardi's looking at is how the sort of symptoms um, and aphid numbers actually translate into yield losses. And then what we're looking at is the risk that you get those numbers building up in the first place and, and what regions you might expect to have the highest risk. So together you'll have a complete picture of where you're going to have these aphids popping up, how, um, how large of populations you might expect, and what kind of losses you might expect because of it, if, if any. In the couple of years since uh, Russian wheat aphid has been identified here in Australia, it's now been identified in South Australia, Victoria, Tasmania, and now into New South Wales as well. But where will your sites be? So our sites actually cover nearly the entire range of Russian wheat aphid in Australia. Um, we'll be visiting 110 different sites across those four states. Um, and really, it's, it's just a big loop around the cereal growing regions with particular focus on those where Russian wheat aphid have been reported. We know you're looking at the, the green bridge in those locations, but tell us more about what that entails. In, in terms of green bridge for your sake, what are we looking at? Well, we're trying not to go into it with too many preconceived notions about where the, where the Russian wheat aphids might be oversummering and what forms the green bridge. Um, so because of that, we've, we've split our sites into two. We actually do random stops um, where we just stop on the side of the road um, and have a look at the weeds there, you know, if, even if there's nothing green. But we also do sampling in areas that, are, that we see as, you know, more typical green bridge. So whether that be weeds that are growing along a crop um, or a crop that's newly emerging after being cut or even just weeds growing um, along a drainage line or the side of the road, um, really any of these any of these places could constitute a green bridge um, even when you don't see much green material the aphids could be there at low numbers and and you get a rainfall bringing new growth and then you might have um, aphid numbers growing and because the Russian wheat aphid favors the the cereals uh, is it the grasses that you're concentrating on in these weed patches it is, yes. Um, but one of the big questions for Russian wheat aphid in Australia is while we do know a fair bit about this pest um, because it is an international pest, um, there's a lot of Australian native grasses that we don't know what role they might play. Um, and even just the role of some of the invasive weeds we have here, we don't really know what role they're going to play. And that's a big focus of these Greenbridge surveys is first finding the aphids, but then finding what grasses they're actually attacking and what seem to be their preferred hosts. So when you get to a site, give me an overview of what you physically do to collect a sample and check. 
So the first thing I do when I get to a site is I use a blower vac to literally go and vacuum up the grasses. Um, and then I sort of sieve that sample out and, um, and just have a look under the microscope and see if I got any Russian wheat aphids. And if I did, then the, sec the second half of my procedure is I actually go and I start taking random plants, checking them for Russian wheat aphid. Um, without picking one species or another, we, we really want to, you know, check any species that are there. Um, and by picking plants randomly, it allows us to get um, a rough estimate of what the abundance of the Russian wheat aphids are in that site. And then I'll also do some targeted checking of, of grasses as well. If I see a species that I haven't seen before or that we haven't had a report in, um, I'll do some searches to see if I can find Russians in, in those species as well. And because you're going into this with no preconceived ideas, have you been surprised at what you've been finding? Well, personally, I've been quite surprised at the state of some of the grasses that I have actually found Russian wheat aphid in. Um, barley grass, which, which isn't a surprise host, um, but barley grass that's almost completely hay. I'll, I'll find some, some little colonies that are still holding on, and they might not last very long. But if you do get rain and that you know, grass greens up again and you get new growth, it might make for a, a real nice um, reservoir for those, those last little survivors. You're also looking at some of the natural predators of the aphid. What are you finding? So the, the beneficials and predators are a really important part of this project because that's going to be an important part of a, of a management approach that doesn't just rely on chemicals. Um, and so I've, I'm looking for all sorts of generalist predators. So that might be things like lacewings and ladybugs. Um, and, and, and yesterday I actually found a really interesting site which had some, some nice green barley grass um, along an irrigated paddock. And while it was heavy with Russian wheat aphid, it was also swarming with ladybug larvae and they were feasting. Um, so the beneficials really will play an important role. Um, so there's these general predators, but we're also looking at the specialist predators of the Russian wheat aphid. And that is these parasitoid wasps, which um, they lay their eggs inside the aphids, killing the aphids. And then they finish their development by turning that aphid into a little, little husk or a mummy. And you get a little wasp emerging out. Um, and these parasitoid wasps are a really important part of, of aphid management. So we're, we're looking for these signs of parasitism, these little mummies, and we're trying to rear out the wasps so that we can identify which species are going to be helping us the most in Australia. And you are finding some wasps, or mummies at least? So far I have found mummies, but it's a bit early for them to start emerging yet. So really yesterday was the first day I started finding. Um, and, and that site I mentioned with the, with the ladybug larvae, I was also found my most mummies there. So I'm hoping over the next, next week or so, I'll start getting some wasps emerging. If a grower was to also do this and have a look within uh, their own crops and properties and check their green bridge areas, what symptoms should they anticipate they might see the same as they would see in the cereal crop? So that's that's actually one of the questions um, we're hoping to answer because we don't actually have a very good sense of whether you should expect the same degree of symptoms in these in these weeds um, and you know green bridge type grasses as you might see in a crop. Um, and and just so far on this survey, I definitely haven't seen the same dramatic symptoms that you see. Um, you know, in, in, a, in a wheat or a barley crop, particularly, you know, kind of a young one that's, that's coming up and is affected by aphids, you get those characteristic um, stripes in the, in the leaves, you get the, you know, rolled leaves and the curled heads. I do, you do see the rolled leaves in, in the wheat grasses, um, but it could be that the symptoms are more subtle. That's, you know, we'll, we'll hopefully find, find, find that out. Um, but it does mean that if you really want to know if you've got Russians um, taking up 
in your um, in your weeds around around your property, it's going to involve a bit of unfurling um, grass heads and, and having a real close look inside. So what's going to happen with the data once you've completed your tour of these 110 sites that you're targeting? So we'll have we'll have quite a lot of data coming out of these surveys, and and it's there's sort of three sorts of data we'll have. We, we'll have um, sort of presence and absence of the Russian weed aphids and their predators. We'll have relative abundances um, of the aphids, and we'll have environmental conditions of the sites. You know, that might be things like, you know, is it near an irrigated paddock? Is it near water? Is it shaded? Um, and so what we'll do with all this data at the end of the day is we'll put it together to try and build a picture of what conditions were we finding, you know, a lot of aphids persisting over the summer or um, a lot of aphid flights to these areas. Um, and it will, it will help us form a, um, a way to forecast a um, Russian wheat aphid risk based on the climate and the environment. So will this involve some uh, modeling to uh, get predictive results, if you like? Exactly, yeah. We'll be, we'll be creating a predictive model, um, you know, in, in the similar way that you have a, a weather forecast. Um, it'll be like an aphid forecast, and so it'll, it'll, it'll be a... An, a sort of dynamic, up-to-date forecast that will keep taking into account um, the new climatic data coming in and use that to predict the risk of Russian wheat aphid. And it'll be, you know, it'll be regional specific. So that with this uh, predictive forecast, growers at the beginning of a season will know whether they just need to monitor or whether they need to implement some sort of management. Yeah, we're hoping that this tool will will allow growers to be more proactive and, and more targeted in their actions um, to control Russian wheat aphid um, because, you know, we, we're trying to avoid the situation where because growers might not know how to predict the risk right now because we have so little information, you know, we don't want everybody to always be using prophylactic treatments because ultimately that might not even be cost effective from their perspective um, if you've, you know, if you've put a lot of resources into seed treatments but then it wasn't even a highest risk year. Um, so at the end of the day, yeah, this is all about um, helping growers make better decisions leading up um, to their season about whether they're in a high risk area, whether they should expect a lot of aphids because there was a heavy green bridge and, um, in their area. And you'll be extending this information to growers how? So all the information and all the results of this, um, this research will go into the Russian Wheat Aphid Tips and Tactics Guide, and that can be found at the GRDC webpage. Um, and we're also interested in any reports of Russian wheat aphid. Um, if, if you've seen Russian wheat aphid in your crop, um, if you report them to the Pest Facts Service, um, then that helps us target our searches as well. And if you are in an area where Russian wheat aphid aren't known to be, it's really important to report it to your um, Department of Primary Industries as well. Dr. Elia Pertle from CESA. And as you might imagine, the sight of someone vacuuming a roadside verge or the edge of a paddock has attracted a few strange looks as people drive by. Some have even stopped to ask, what's going on? I'm Tony Crowley, and you've been listening to a GRDC podcast. Podcast.